This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The manager said in midweek, if we win again at the weekend, we are in the title race. Is that how all the players feel as well? Yeah, yeah, of course. When you beat City and Arsenal in a week, uh, one game controlling them uh, like I've never seen Man City being controlled, uh, then suffering against Arsenal for 85 minutes and managing to win again. Um, I'm a believer, mate. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, your host, joining me to discuss quite a brilliant week in recent Villa history, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome. Hello, mate. What Hello. a week that was. I got back from the Arsenal game. I sat down and I, I, I started thinking about the two games and I just started laughing out aloud. <laughs> and I, and I realised that was a scene out of the Thomas Crown affair. What, the original or the Pierce Brosnan one? Steve McQueen, the original yes. Steve McQueen, where they they do a big bank heist. I think it's for a painting. Like it's a ridiculously complex job, and there's a great scene where after the job is done, he, he's just at home on his own <laughs> in his apartment. He pours himself a whiskey. He sits down with the drink, and he just cocks his head back and he just starts laughing, laughing at. We managed to pull that one off against all expectations, and it's pretty much very similar. Me and Steve McQueen, we're, we're going through the same emotions. I was going to uh, say, I was, just, I was just, just confirming, you are comparing yourself to Steve McQueen. <laughs> yes, I am indeed. <laughs> but the emotions of pulling off, wasn't really a heist though, was it? Wasn't it wasn't a heist, there was no robbery. No. Against Manchester City, it was like, uh, you know, speaking to some old boy outside. It must have been in his 70s before the game. And he was saying, you know, I don't want to get excited over one game as people, you know, do get a bit hyperbole. But he said, that's, I'm thinking that's probably the best performance I've seen ever at Villa Park. And I said, well, yeah, I know where you're coming from. But the latest win is always the best, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's that win against Inter Milan. Actually, that performance against Inter Milan under Graham Taylor was spectacular. That was the 2-0 one, wasn't it? We completely blitzed them and, you know, it was like, wow. That that was a big wow moment. But anyway, let's stick to the matter at hand. Uh, Arsenal, completely different game after, I don't know, about 15 minutes because it looked like it was going the same way as City and then it was just like, there's like, oh, we can't can't keep the momentum up on this. We're knackered. (laughs) Yeah. 
we we had we we always said it was going to be a different game. You know, obviously City are much. It wasn't exactly what you call an intense physical battle against City. Yeah, more we, of a sort we, of chess we said on something and, for the weekend. Arsenal's going to be a lot more feisty, and so it, and it proved. Was. Yes, it certainly was. But we will get into that game uh, very shortly. Firstly, though, supporting the Mayo Man Said podcast throughout the festive period is NordVPN, and they are offering listeners an extra four months free on top of cracking savings on their VPN package, which can potentially help with that festive viewing, especially if you're away from home this Christmas, as a VPN enables you to watch sporting events and TV shows by switching your virtual online location from a physical location that might not allow you to watch certain matches at certain hours while at the same time, it also protects your online privacy on up to six devices. To get the exclusive package and also a no-risk 30-day money-back guarantee, go to nordvpn.com moms or check out this show's program notes as well. Thank you very much. Unlike the Manchester City game where their fan base didn't, you didn't hear a peep from them. Well, they were all disappointed After in their the own game, performance. Uh, Arsenal's uh, couldn't. Couldn't wait to uh, play the victim of you know whatever was uh, whatever excuse they could pull out their asses. I'm still drunk on their tears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and what is it they uh, they sing in their own North London forever? Whatever the weather, how ironic! Whatever the weather, lads. Yeah, right. Villa news. start off with this shall we the calendar year has now hit a full season mark so uh, Manchester City Villa Arsenal Liverpool Manchester United Brighton they've all played 38 games I'm, quite, I'm kind of laughing at who's in 15th to be honest after yeah. what they've spent they've actually played 39 games as well they've played yeah. more but anyway number one Manchester City as you'd probably have guessed just because they've won the treble in the, the calendar year of 23 they are, are on from 38 games 86 points Coming in second, Aston Villa over 38 games, 78 points. Then it's Arsenal, 77, Liverpool, 76, and then there's a drop-off to United, 70. We keep saying, like, if you look at people getting excited about Spurs, oh, you know, uh, they could win the league this season. But that was after seven or eight games with a new manager. We're talking about Aston Villa in the context of Emery's played a season worth of games. And we are showing ourselves as the second best team based on a season's worth of form under Emery. Now, this is why Villa fans, when they, you know, we were walking out of that Arsenal game and we were singing, everybody was singing as as they were leaving uh, the concourses because this isn't just like you know taking the piss, having a laugh because you've won the first six games. This is like you look at this table over thirty-eight games and you're thinking, wow. It's impressive, and it's the foundations of why we you can, listening to this show as a Villa fan, consider yourself in a title race at the moment, knowing that the second prize, I mean, the title to win the titles would be an incredible feat, but the second prize is Champions League, and that's the... You know, it's a different mentality. Everybody now as a football supporter, oh, top four, top four, but, you know, old school people like myself, we're looking at number one spot. Injury suspension situation, a bit of collateral damage from the Arsenal game. Uh, Douglas Louise and uh, Luca Dean will be suspended for the Brentford game. That's going to be a tough game. That's a tricky, sticky wicket uh, after the Lords. Traditionally. Yeah, Lords Mayor show that one. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, we don't win that game. Bailey, what's the situation there? 
Well, it's not confirmed as yet. Emery said he, he hopes it's it's not an injury, but his, his actual words were he was tired, completely tired. He says hopefully he's not injured, but I don't know exactly. Right, so that one's up in the air. We shall see there. Obviously... Zrinski may start on Thursday where a draw is enough to get Villa the group I would imagine a lot of the players that came on I mean five players came on against Arsenal they'll, they'll probably be the starters as you'll see a totally uh, changed team with the likes of Longley and uh, Olsen in as well Villa fan Benjamin Zephaniah passed away it was a tumour wasn't it? Uh, yeah, a brain tumour unfortunately it's really short very very short illness it was only like yeah. was it seven weeks I think seven or eight weeks only age 65 we remember him uh, in the Villa context. He, he kind of popped up a big, big time when we were in that uh, semi-final against the Baggies. He was actually standing in the lower Holt uh, quarter-final, wasn't it? Actually, yeah, I think it was, he was in L L eight or L seven. It's a good video. That's some great footage actually of him bouncing around and stuff. It's really good. And obviously, he did his yeah. poem, which was played before the game on Saturday. I was born here on the Hansworth Aston border. I had a choice. I could go one way to West Brom or the other way to the villa. But the sound that I could hear loudest in my ears was the sound of Clariton Blue. They all hated us round here. West Brom, Wolves and of course Birmingham. Yes, times have changed. We know the score, but form is temporary boys and girls. But class, that is permanent. And you know what? (laughs) Hey, we have class. We'll remember him from Peaky Blinders as well more recently. Uh, Middlesbrough in the FA Cup, the trip up there has been picked up by the BBC, which I, that's what I was suggesting when we were talking about that. The BBC would see this as like Villa are hot right now and here's a potential upset, which they've done before, you know, when they had Villa versus Swindon on, Villa when Froggett scored that cracker and Villa versus Sheffield United. Was it David O'Leary when we got beat? Yeah. yeah, we lost. Was it three one? I think we lost three one that day. I remember another Villa versus Sheffield United where York scored the the Penanga. It was on. Yeah, in the snow. That's now a five thirty kickoff. The ladies. Oh, there's problems there now. I think one uh, 0 up against Manchester City, who they did very well against last season, but they went on to lose two one in the end. Uh, Rachel Daly did win goal of the month for her effort against West Ham, but they're going to be struggling to uh, finish in the top half. That's this season. That is for sure. Chris Heck's going to be pulling the funding on that. What project? Mm. Three points. Premier League sign a new broadcast deal. I mean, it's an incredible 6.7 billion. Amazon no more. Yes, more's the pity. That, that's the real shame about it. I mean, it's Sky are getting more packages. TNT are sort of staying the same. So it's it's really the, the same broadcasters are still in it, apart from dropping Amazon, who I thought would have made a play to get more matches because their coverage is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the idea that you can just log on as well and watch games back and uh, flick through different games, I thought, you know, this is kind of the way forward in terms of how you would envisage it uh, in the future. I mean, there's been other talks of there's broadcasters like Apple and picking up the MLS and the DAZN setup, but obviously they didn't think they were going to get bang for their buck this time round, so we'll see how uh, the future transpires but it's almost like yeah we're going backwards in terms of uh, this broadcast deal but in terms of money it's uh, another matter and there's going to be a lot of Sunday fixtures isn't there now yeah also two midweek match rounds minimum of 52 matches a season point number two French supporter groups take legal action to fight away banning orders 
the National Supporters Association, which is uh, like an umbrella organisation for French fans, have taken up legal action aimed at stopping French authorities from banning away supporters from attending some games this weekend. So why why has this suddenly come into sharp focus? Because normally if you get in a ban, it's because you've done something naughty. Yes, well, unfortunately, there, there was, well, it's been brewing for a while. I mean, we we made reference to Marseille's training ground getting attacked whenever the Sanson got sold yeah. at the time. It's French fans, you, I don't know whether you'd say hooliganism or just like sort of social unrest is really what it's more like. Unfortunately, there was a death of a supporter during fights between fans and Nantes last weekend. So the sports minister, Amelia Odio Castra, said this week that she was putting banning orders out to stop away fans traveling all together to certain clubs. So like a mass punishment for... Yes, uh, yeah. like a mass punishment. But the legal action's unlikely to affect this weekend's games. Right. Yeah, mass punishment's always the, the kind of dodgy ground uh, where everybody has to suffer for the actions of the minority. Point number three. I saw the video posted of this, but I never bothered to click on it. <laughs> <laughs> when high fives go wrong, a spot kick was awarded in the Saudi Pro League when Al-Fati defender Fayhad Al-Harbi thought it was a good idea to high-five his goalkeeper in the penalty area. But instead of finding his teammate's hand, Al-Harbi touched the ball and the referee gave a penalty. Have you seen this incident? <laughs> I have. It's just, it's one of those, I think, there, there was nearly, there could have been a chance of getting away for it if it wasn't for the complete look of shock on the goalkeeper's face. He, like, he <laughs> him, like, like, it almost gave it away by looking at him and going, you idiot, what we, what have you just done? And then the referee well, had like no Martinez choice. Martinez look at Watkins when, uh, yes, <laughs> against oh, yeah. Arsenal. Flicks could kill. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I do like him when he gives his uh, other players a hard time on because him and Luca Dean would always be at it wouldn't they yeah the penalty was converted and El uh, Fatty went on to uh, lose 2-0 against Al Hazam yeah so hopefully we don't see that anytime soon let's go back to Villa Park for the double whammy we did a show dedicated to the Manchester City win which was was on another level to what most of us have seen in a very very long time it's something if we had the same 90 minutes as we did against Manchester City against Arsenal we'd, we would be talking about the league title now I mean we wouldn't be talking about anything else because uh, just give us it now yeah let's just let's not waste time people yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> There's that double Haaland attempt after the 11th minute, and that was the last time they got a sniff. And, you know, Villa had like, uh, was it like 15 or so unanswered shots? I mean, they ended up yeah, over 20. 22 in the whole game, wasn't it? Yeah. This was always going to be a different beast, just because we were a bit knackered. We had one less day to prepare. Uh, Arsenal had beaten Luton 4-3, scored in the last minute. But Arsenal benefited from the extra day's uh, recuperation, which Villa would have loved an extra 24 hours, because that was above and beyond. I mean, there were certain players collapsing on the floor. It was like winning a, a, a final or something, wasn't it, against Manchester City? Yeah. It was it was huge, and and also I think you look at the personnel that Arsenal have. You always felt they were they're a far more steely physical side, especially in the middle of the park. You know that lot that midfield lineup for Man City was pretty weak, wasn't it? I thought. And also they they have a similar attitude to their manager, which is like being a prick, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so you can start a, me on that if you want, or we can yeah, get into it. But it was always going to. We'll get into that, but uh, later. But it was always going to be uh, a, a feisty. I think is the uh, the safest PG word you can use uh, for how this game was going to turn out. 
Yes, they're they're just difficult, difficult to play against, difficult. I'd, I'd imagine the referee and all yeah, sorts. They're always the victim as well, but that will come out as we go along. But the start of the game, actually, it felt like it. We were carrying on where we left off against Manchester City. It did. It did. I mean, let's just go straight to that fucking goal because that goal was just like it was straight out of that game, Wednesday night's game. It was. I mean, I'm going to just pull back ever so slightly. It looked like because Arsenal kicked off, I think we won the toss and went, you know what, we're going straight at the whole end here. We want to get on top early. Yeah. A bit like we've seen against, um, you yeah, know, we saw that earlier on in the Man season, United and a few a few games last season, this season as well. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a it, that was a tactic, and you saw us come straight out of the traps. And so, what you're basically saying is, Emery's tactics boil it all right down. No fancy stuff. We're fucked. We're going to yeah. attack the hole. We've early. got about sixty minutes, and then we're bringing on Den Donker and, and hoping for the best. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> that was get, pretty much get the it. Knock, was, get the knockouts in because you don't have twelve rounds in you. Yes. Yeah. But what a goal when it I mean, I'm glad that Villa on Sunday morning put out the the full video, as it were, of the, the goal right sort of wound it right back to the start of the move. And it's just like it the Emery blueprint at work at its slickest and it's incredible team I think goal. Ten yeah. players are involved, is it ten? I think Dean's the only one that doesn't touch it, which sort of and he fits. makes a, and he makes a dummy run. Well, yeah. he's suspended, so he's in the next no, game. So we, don't, we don't need him. <laughs> it's just a, a sort of like a sulky demeanor that he has in the pitch. I, I love it. He's always he's always angry. It's like whenever it comes to taking a free kick, Dean's always like pleading with whoever's got the ball. Let me take it, please. Yeah. But anyway, back to the goal. From back to front, though, just incredible. And you know, obviously, once it kind of goes through the phases into midfield, really nice little interplay on the right hand side. I think it's Bailey to Kamara, a little tapped pass into Tielemans. Tielemans releases Bailey, and Tielemans' then- pass it almost like it speeds up the play, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, he could take a touchdown. He just goes, I'm just going to put it into the space and stretch Arsenal. Once they're stretched, you think they're in trouble. Yeah. And at that point, you kind of expect Bailey to maybe cut in on his left. He doesn't. He kind of pulls it back to him again. He's got a lot to do, hasn't he? There, lot to do. Sticks his backside in as he does on, you know. I meant Bailey even just yeah. to get anything yeah. across. Oh yes, yeah. It's a really, cl- really clever ball back, and then McGinn dispatches it superbly. It's, it was a bit like the um, that Watkins goal against. I think it was Newcastle last season, which his back to goal spins, but then he just whips it in the top it. corner. Yeah. It's a fucking great, and then of course the ground just erupts at that point. And the players knew it, didn't they? Yeah, big, really big goal. Um, because and at that w- point, you thought Villa, were, you know. We, at that point, you think the next team to score is probably going to be Villa. And Arsenal, obviously, they kind of got into a bit of a rhythm and got some control back in well, the it's game. It's kind of early days. You've got minutes, no idea at that point, don't you? But you just yeah, know, what the, for, you know, 15, that was, it was like making a statement like, come on then. Yeah. yeah. Show us what you've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got the knock, knockout blow in early, fortunately, which was similar. I think, was it behind, uh, it was the lockdown game, wasn't it? When we beat them 1-0, we did something pretty similar. If I remember, I think that was after like three minutes or something ridiculous. I remember Watkins scored a really early goal. But um, yeah, from that point, it was once Arsenal kind of grew into the game, it became a very different, you know, by the first 15 minutes, it was a very different type of game and chalk and cheese to the Man City game. I mean, Villa had to put in a, a really kind of gritty, albeit very, very defensively, fairly well organised performance. You know, let's go, rather than just going through the whole game, I mean, the excuses Arsenal fans are coming up with, I mean, watching that game and, and just in a nutshell, I would say if Odegaard could fucking finish, which he normally can do they they would have yeah. got something from that game and if not won it that's the bottom line here not like well should have get the penalty yeah. it's like well yeah, let's look at the real things you, he had guilt edged chances Martinez made a great save on one of them it looked like it's a routine save but if he's not positioned that's you know that's in the back of the net Martinez did a lot of yeah. the hard work before he actually had to yeah. 
Dying. It was like a penalty, wasn't it? He yeah, guessed the right direction, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah, completely, yeah. And then later on, I mean, the goal's gaping and uh, he puts it wide and it's, it's almost a criminal miss, that one. Dreadful. Yeah. Well, he won similar back in the game in February when it was still 2 each. Odegaard put one wide in the same place, so... Yeah. Hmm. But well, now you've put me onto him, <laughs> you've teed me up perfectly. The guy's a prick. Brilliant player. <laughs> fucking absolute fucking prick. I mean, we've spoke about this because me and Phil were discussing this before we hit record. The last three times, and we've recorded podcasts after each of these Villa Park games, it's been the same fucking theme. And it's Arsenal from the first whistle, just surrounding the ref, Odegaard in the ref's ear, arms waving all game. They were trying to get like, Martinez on bloody, um, yeah. what do you call it, time-wasting from the first whistle. It's like, yep. what are you fucking doing? And that is a culture that has been absolutely embedded by the manager. And that's why Arteta not being on the touchline yeah. was a big deal. Because he thought he forces that agenda. When I when I found out he was going to be in the stands uh, initially, when it was first announced, I thought that's that's actually good because I, I don't want to be watching ninety minutes of that whingy prick on the. Yeah. We're going to say the word prick a lot because that, <laughs> that's probably the best word to sum up a lot of people. They are from the Arsenal fraternity, from yeah. fans to players to manager. And it's such a. Yeah. It's, I think the reason why it angers you so much is it's such a disappointment of the Arsenal that you're used to seeing sort of under George Graham and under. Um, early day Wenger because as you mentioned some for the weekend you know they they were good players but they had to have like a steal I mean could you honestly imagine like Vieira and Petit and players like that rolling about the way that, that, that Arsenal team did no they're, they're definitely getting the ref's face though yeah I mean this this <laughs> is <did. laughs> this is yeah. orchestrated because on paper yeah, it's a tactic on paper Arsenal don't have the, as good of players as Man City and they don't have as good of players as Liverpool so the only way that they're going to get into this title race is by doing this this act this this tactic well the, the funny thing was they were behaving in the last 20 minutes as if they were 1-0 up and trying to kill time. It was like, what are you doing rolling around? And why, why are you, you know, feigning injury? You would think, well, you're kind of doing us a favour here, so just keep they on were. doing it, you yeah. pricks. Well, they had all the momentum <laughs> in terms of, you know, ball retention and moving the ball around, and they dictated the pace of the game, and they were killing the tempo and the pace of the game. It was like, cheers for this, lads. In between the fact that they kept spraying balls out for throw-ins, especially in the first half, they were yeah. clearly rattled by the Villa star. I think they were just getting more and more frustrated. Well, well, Saka was uh, frustrated. He was. He got dealt with really well. Well, A, you know, he miskicked that big chance he had when it came in over the top. Yep. You, you just felt, actually, they, they, they look a bit, use your word again, rattled. They were? They weren't composed. I think going back to the Arsenal team of Vieira and, you know, the Invincibles, I think they were a bit more, they were a bit more systematic. They'd have come to town at Villa Park and perhaps taken advantage of a tired uh, Villa team. But this one just got too emotional, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Similar to the kind of the game last year, but it kind of went their way a little bit and they got the lucky breaks. They didn't get the lucky breaks on the day. You know, there were obviously a few a few incidents in the game, obviously the penalty in the handball and et cetera, et cetera. But I just think the way Villa defended, and I say it endlessly, but when you do the right things, you earn a bit of luck. Villa earned the luck. It was like Wednesday wasn't a game about luck, was it? Man City deserved to lose that game. This one, Villa dug in and it was like a dogged, steely, kind of you know, over our dead body sort of performance. And, yeah. and I was really pleased, you know, I don't want to go too far ahead, but when the, the handball incident happened, you saw Martinez getting right in their faces because he knew full well what the, the, you know, the opposition players were doing yeah. with the ref. And Louise did as well. There was, there was a few chances on both sides which ultimately were offside anyway. So it's like the dilemma is, do you talk about these or not? Because yeah. Watkins, did, one was did, on, Watkins one's on side. Do they exist or not? Hmm. Um, I mean, early, say so the first half, Watkins, should he have scored that? Yes, probably. It's a good save, but you, you'd expect him to. I think he realised once he gave the keeper a chance by sort of trying to go in his line. I think but that was flagged for offside, wasn't it? 
It was. It was, but actually, it wasn't. All, it would have been probably given if, it, if the ball went in. Yeah, and then their one where Havertz was offside and lobbed it over Martinez, but Carlos came in and cleared it off the line. But that that was offside, and again, it wasn't given. So Arsenal had another attack after that because of the late flag. Yeah, they did. Of course, yeah, the second phase that one. Luckily, Carlos cleared it, and again, he's he's had a brilliant week, hasn't he, Carlos? He was he had a really good game again. Let's stick to Carlos. I mean, he got man of the match in this game. We were questioning uh, this lineup. Uh, let's go back to the Bournemouth game. We've spoken a little bit, obviously, when you make a change and you're looking at the reason why Emery did it and we were saying, well, he looks like he's thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. He started it at Spurs and continued in Bournemouth and it, it is a formation that also would apply to tough away fixtures. And you're thinking, well, we've got to do something against Spurs and Bournemouth are no mugs and proving they're probably the best team in the Premier League at the moment by the looks at some of their scores. So our, Fine, point, our point looks really good. <laughs> but um, you saw it come together against Manchester City City, because you you know you were still unsure in the Bournemouth game, and you know the first half against Spurs as well. It was run ragged, so we haven't really had chance as a fan base to really assess Carlos yet because of that injury yeah. and he's been drip fed back into uh, the setup. But this is seems like he's now got both feet under the table. Well, what what he has got is, I mean, I was I didn't see the the reason for playing him. I thought it, he made Villa weaker in the game against Spurs and against Bournemouth, so it was a bit concerned. But in the City game and the Arsenal game, you saw he has a great way to pass. He, the, yeah. the ball gets when it leaves his foot, it's left. You know, it's whenever he's trying to play it into that sort of like gap behind uh, the Arsenal press. That's you know that passes. It's, it's a weapon. It's a bit like Olsen's kick. He can he can drop that just right in behind them. So so the choice that ultimately Emery's making is he's preferring Carlos at centre back and Conza at right back to Conza at centre back and Cash at right back. But Conza yeah. is really part of the conversation here as well. And he I thought has has played well the last two games. No it's complaints. All of them, all the defensive players who've come in, I actually thought, you know, when Cash came on for whatever it was, 25 minutes, I thought he put in a really good shift out on the right side because that's a difficult, it's a difficult assignment, isn't it, to come into a... Stick to the question, Conza and Carlos. I, th- I think that's the unit for those kind of games. I, j- I just think y- you maybe sacrifice a little bit of Cash's dynamism going forwards, but because Conza's so powerful, he's st- he, can, he can carry the ball, can't he? So you don't lose as much. I think you gain a lot more because I always think Cash, they, he gets targeted a bit and people tend to put the put him under the high ball. And I think Konza's very, very good, obviously good in the air, but he's good in recovery and he can also, play slightly uh, narrower. Go playing up, he can sit in yeah. further forward and, and play with Tillemans yeah, yeah. and uh, McGinn, etc. And obviously Bailey or uh, Diaby. He's, he's, a, he's a baller. He's, he's, a, you know, he's, he's perfectly comfortable yeah, there. Cultured. So you're not... Mm-hmm. Yeah, his culture is not. He's not like. Uh, I mean, we've we've made the comparison with Quayler and Melberg before. He's not like. He's, he's not obviously just trying to. Uh, and he's, he's mobile, of course. Stay in there. There's no problem there. I mean, regardless of you know what, where his England future is, if he's switching position, you know that's not really our concern. To be honest with you, we're, we're more about Aston Villa and the team. And to stress test it against the you know the two well let's say the two best teams last season, and it's been two clean sheets. But going back to Carlos. Is he the real deal then? Is he a centre-back that we have no problems with and Carlos and Torres, which you would have thought behind the scenes, they probably would never say in public, but that was probably potentially the centre-back pairing that Emery would probably want to start or saw as the final evolution of uh, the Villas' backline. 
I, I, have no, I have no problems with him there. That's the thing, you know. We can we we know we can trust Conza there. We know we can trust Torres now, especially with his you know his distribution's been fantastic in the last two games. And Carlos has come in, and you think well, he's, he's growing into his role. And I, th- I think yeah. he's probably got another gear to push into at some point. Yeah, as like we were saying earlier on ring rust. I mean, that, that's what it is. I mean. He, he wasn't great against Spurs and he, and he was awful against Bournemouth so I'm not going to pretend that you weren't you didn't have concerns coming in but when it was just like a different it's like he relished the challenge of Haaland in the City game and then when it came to Arsenal as well I mean I've seen him he said before the match that you know I'm not scared of you I think it was put out in the press that he said about Arsenal so he's yeah. he's wound them up so he maybe needs something to sort of because he is a casual player so he maybe needs something to sort of like just light the fire in him a bit to keep you know to keep him interested probably gets him back up to the level he was used to playing at as well you know he's playing in yeah. Champions League football with Severe for a number of years so he He's used to competing with Europe's best. Yeah, perhaps not week in, week out on the overall tempo, but... No. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The second half, I mean, there's, there's Arsenal fans are saying, oh, we dominated that game. We should have got something from it. In terms of final products I mean shots 10 for Villa 12 for them 3 on target for us 5 for them 3 corners each being there watching it wasn't that overtly it was you could tell Villa were blowing out their arse after a certain period and the main thing was Emery obviously saw that and uh, made the respective uh, changes I mean Bailey was the first one to go as we said at the top of the show not too sure if he actually has a knock or if he was just knackered I think he might have to be honest We'll obviously find out in due course. You might know more by the time you listen to the show. Penalty of appeal. Jesus, this is the one where Luis kicked him. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he'd have went down, if it had been strong enough a kick to go down, he'd have went down naturally, he might have got it. But the fact that it was such a light touch and he pirouetted and spun in the air and, you know, 6.7s the whole way along the, the, the ice skating judges. Yeah, he made it was just ridiculous. Yeah, because Louise isn't going for the man. He's going for the ball, really, because the ball comes back and he's just, you know, it's the natural direction of where the ball is. And, you know, Jesus' leg is in the way. I mean, there's contact. No, no one's going to deny that. But the fact yeah. that Jesus has made such a fucking meal of it, I think the ref's just gone, you've completely tried to buy me, buy one there. And that does talk referees out of decisions uh, a lot of the times. And, you know, I, th- I think quite rightly so. It's like there's got to be some jeopardy to cheating or trying to cheat your way into a absolutely absolutely because enough get given when there's actually no foul there yeah that 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 would be the thing that obviously a lot of the pundits would say it's like you've seen them given but i always i I was countering that to a couple of people on twitter saying yeah but we've seen penalties given for thin air so no one even knows anymore yeah yeah did we get away with one there (sighs) 
Suarez for Liverpool against Villa when Guzen came out, never touched him. Oh, it's been a few of those yeah. for Villa down the years, but Grealish for City last season, whenever Ramsey what didn't even b- barely touch the, the sock or something. Whereas the handball at the end of the game is a much more you know you're in the ground thinking this is a fifty fifty one. It took a while. Yeah, huge, huge moment of the you know in the, in the match. Ultimately, I think it was probably the right decision. It was a bit of a messy, messy goal, but it hits his hand. I think it's twice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and the second one, basically, the second time it hits his hand, it puts it in the in his in the path of his foot. I mean, you know, if if, if I was trying to be neutral, I'd say, well, is are Arsenal a bit unlucky there? Yeah, because he's, he's he's not like he's meaning to use his hand, but it's clearly hit his hand, and in that yeah. position, it's like the the rules are the rules. You know, yeah. it's frustrating. I understand the frustration, but there's only a conversation because. We got to the point since VAR came in where we don't. It's not really VAR. It's it's the interpretation of the rules, and yeah. we don't even know what a handball is nowadays. We've you know we've seen them for given for coming off shoulders and things. So, yeah. But that yeah. if you go back to the old old school handball, what 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 it why it's called handball? If the ball hits your hand, it's a foul. It's handball. It's yeah. handball. Hence the name. The thing about that one is the law is clear in that one. I mean, if you only have to look at Bournemouth's uh, game against Manchester United, Bournemouth had a fourth goal disallowed for exactly the same thing. Ball came up and just brushed the Bournemouth player's hand before he tucked it away. It only needs to. It only needs to be a touch. I mean, the the rules are clear. It's, it's the law is harsh, but it's it is the law. So well, yeah. If Bournemouth get a goal disallowed for that, then there's no way Arsenal stands. So it's as, you know, it's as simple as that. But that was a great moment. That was a great moment because... Well, it became a bit of a melee, didn't it? It took a long while to sort out, but while it was being sorted out, there was all, all kinds of shit kicking off. Was it Havertz or Rice that was going with in on Martinez or both? Oh, well, I think it was Havertz was the, the main offender because just after it, Havertz piled in on Martinez as well. Yeah, so the Holt's uh, all getting involved. It's right in front of them and it's starting to kick off. And then when finally the decision is made, and as you're watching it live, it's a complete felt like a 50-50 at the time. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Martinez and Louise. The first thing they did was just punch the air to the crowd, like smiling into the crowd and it basically engaged in the celebration of the decision with the crowd directly. And that was a good that moment. Was, was it, yeah, it was. It was a really good moment. And, and, and you know, sweet for Martinez against his, his old team. He kind, of, he kind of felt like he'd won that battle. You know, he'd obviously taken a whack in the face from, I think it was Cash's stud as well. So he was obviously drawn yeah. blood and all that all that comes with that. And you know, he's got the war wounds to prove it. But um, a really big moment. And at that point, you think, well, that, that should be the game. And obviously Villa, Villa get over the line and... I, I think you mentioned the subs, Dave. It was, the subs did make a difference in this one for for very different reasons to some of the other games because I, th- I think they obviously you had Dini went off from Moreno. I thought Moreno did really well. I thought Ramsey obviously came on, and it, he I think he helped out Dinia and then Moreno and just doubling down on Saka, stopping the threat there. Yeah. Then Donker even had a little cameo, and for all his lack of passing, he actually he put in three massive tackles. It yeah. really key moments. He stopped big attacks and then obviously flattened Zinchenko from point blank range with a pile driver in the middle of the park, which was hilarious. Yeah, because that that all adds up. It's like you're trying to stop these pricks. I keep using that word, but it's, it's yep, fit. that's fair. But when he whacked him in the face, it was like that's the spirit, big yep. daddy. <laughs> yeah, just flattened him, didn't he? Absolutely. I don't know. If, was it a like volley or did he just belt it at him directly? Belted it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, straight in the face. It was point blank range. It could have been a clean knockout. But it's just a sign like, yeah, if you want to try to get that equaliser, we're not looting. We're not just going to roll over and you get an inevitable equaliser. We're, we're made from a different stuff. And by the way, we've won our last 14 games here. So you're going to have to sacrifice Goodness. something to get anything against us. And there was a great moment with McGinn where I think the ball comes out 
to him on the right-hand side. He's got his back to two of them. He gets pushed over, still retains possession, spins, and then the ball gets stuck out for a throw and the crowd erupts because it's, it's little things like that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just pure work ethic. And I think Watkins had a couple like that as well where he's pulled a defender right out to the touchline. Moreno actually was good as well when he was on. He did. He, he did won really a few well. little, I, uh, little battles. Yeah, there was, a, there was a brief little period actually where I thought with Moreno coming on, I think it was about 75 minutes-ish, wasn't it? And I, I, I did wonder... Is Emery trying to maybe just pin them back and say we we we've got another we've got another punch here we've maybe going to have one more opportunity which you know Watkins had a chance didn't he on the break yeah, obviously well, I mean, it was a Derby break and yeah. McGinn had a well yeah well Dean we as well Dean and Watkins both yes. had the same sort of chance and maybe they had been watching Raya through the week whenever Barkley had it low and hard at him and it went right through him both of them had it low and hard and you know to be fair to Raya I thought he had a pretty decent game for being under pressure yeah the whole the whole weeks. But yeah, the, the, you know, the subs all did their job really well to a man. I thought Diaby had a good second half. It worked tirelessly. Um, you know, they all just had to dig in. It was, it was a, a, again, a real team performance and very difficult to to pick out a man of the match with a performance like where everyone's just had to put a, a big shift in. Yeah, and, and all of them, I mean, it's, we've said it, it's a different game to the City one, but players were, were playing a different performance. I mean, it was yeah. you couldn't give anybody less than a 9 out of 10 in the last game, but that was just from pure footballing uh, perspective. This was yep. different. This was like you had to get stuck in, like, you know, fight, battle for everything, winning little battles here and there. Yeah, well, Martinez called it after the game. He says... You know, one game you're you're dominating City like nobody's ever dominated them before, and then the next game you're suffering for eighty five minutes against Arsenal, and you win them. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And I like. I know you don't want to. You don't want to be watching those kind of wins every week in that style. But those kind of performances, especially when you you zoom out in the context of the run we've had, you know, you've gone to Tottenham and had to suffer in the first half, and you know, the Bournemouth one where we were crap, got out of it with a point. You know, City were brilliant. Arsenal. You've got a real mixed bag of kind of performances and ways that you think we've we found a way to win. Yeah. And that's a really big sort of green flag moving forward into the season because you aren't going to play well in every game and you're going to come up against teams who've got a good plan to sort of counter you, which I thought Arsenal did. Actually, I thought there was a few guys in their team. I thought Zinchenko had a good game. I was really impressed, as, as I always am with Rice. Odegaard, despite being a prick, is a fantastic player. <laughs> the prick counts, surely, into double yeah. figures, if not treble figures. I mean, you could add Jesus and um, Saka <laughs> to the prick count because I don't like either of them. You know, I don't mind Saka. I, th- I, th- I think he just takes a bit of a whacking, and, and, he, and I think the rest of his team pile in because of it. He's kind of the he's the instigator of the yeah. pylons a lot of the time. I mean, yeah. Jesus, I've never seen like a player's face that's just moaning flat out. I mean, it's like <laughs> when he, I mean, you, if you're a referee, you're just looking at him. You're never getting a penalty for that. Get up, just get up, get up, or get off the pitch. They've got a real a petulance about them. It's not going our way, but we're not going to rise above it. We're just going to whinge. But we'll roll around anyway, even though we're 1-0 down with 10 minutes or five minutes to go. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just make a point. It's like, you stay down there, boy. We don't care. I mean, I was pissing myself, actually. I think it was during the handball decision, the fourth official puts the board up. And I'm thinking, oh, God, this is going to be eight or nine minutes with all the stoppages. It's like five minutes. Oh, yeah. fucking brilliant. <laughs> I think they blew the whistle at 97 or something like that. 98, just over 98. Yeah, so they did they play five. a bit more. Well, there were stoppages on top of the stoppages with obviously Martinez and. But after, after that, the handball incident was was seen off. You're not stressing that much because Arsenal didn't no. really because didn't make a chance. The subs made you know they did their jobs. It's not as if they were putting us under any relentless pressure, really. And and similar to City, they they don't have that thing of we're just going to chuck it in the box. They 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 have to yeah. pass the ball into there, but they have to work the opportunity. Where some some teams will be like, oh fuck this, put the big man up front, and we're gonna. Yeah. Chuck it in the box and make Villa defend. And the handball incident came from the one time they did chuck it in the box. If they'd have done yeah. that, 
it's actually a very good ball in. But at that point, you know, and then obviously their full time whistle goes, and you're thinking, bloody hell, what a you know, really, really big celebrations, similar to City, but in a different way. And everyone's just walking out of the ground, going, "Fucking hell, wow!" Highline did its trick again, two offsides. Did. Yep, yep, two offside goals, and we 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 now expect the uh, the opposition to have at least two goals chalked off for offside, don't we? It seems to be par for the course. I think there was one of the one of the things I heard. I think it might have been Skybet was saying one of the weird little quirky bets they were going for was Ben White right back to be caught offside and even the fullback got caught offside. Because going into this game, uh, I mean, we're, we're on another planet in terms of statistics. Oh, it's, uh, not, it's not even close, is opposition it? Opposition that have been caught offside more than five times in a game. Uh, yeah, you need, a new, you need a new graph for think, Villa. Yeah, <laughs> other, other teams, I think it was like two was like the most they've uh, achieved. Two teams yeah, have been caught say, off um, more than five times. I think Villa, it was like nine. I think you'd call it market share. <laughs> we've got the, we've, yeah. The Monopolies uh, Commission will be after us on that one. When you look at the league table, the first thing that comes to mind is like, how the fuck did we get beat by Forest? Because <laughs> we'd be still, we'd have been top like most of the last few weeks uh, if we'd beaten Forest, but never mind. Can't win them all. I mean, Bournemouth, the draw against Bournemouth, the draw against Wolves, I consider them good points because that's a progression from uh, previous seasons the forest game is the only game really this season where you think yeah that, that's oh, the only that's the only time we've actually dropped points i think you know the loss against you you know newcastle liverpool doesn't matter if you get whacked if you're going to get beat you get beat really so i wasn't that concerned there i mean i mean i think you shared it didn't you david that even i think even ferguson said after the, yeah. the newcastle game he was <laughs> so impressed with so so impressed with villa's actual performance and the you know the approach and the the, the play they had yeah when they asked him He's who who was right. the team on the first day of the season who's impressed you the most and he said aston villa and you know people, robbie earl standing next to him looking at him like well hey this guy needs to be sent to the retirement home already he's gone see now but anyway in terms of league table two points behind liverpool Still not really, they haven't been mentioned that much in the title. People still think City Arsenal, City Arsenal. I mean, Merson was talking and said, well, I think the neutral, if you're a neutral, then you'd probably want Arsenal to beat Villa because that would mean there'd be six points above Manchester City. And uh, you know that City are going to be strong. So in terms of the title race, that would be, you know, make it a bit more interesting. And you're thinking, yeah, shut up, Merce. Yeah. It's like, well, what about fucking Liverpool? Because, you know, they've got a superior goal difference and... Uh, Fairly quietly just going about their business. They will be there at the end, 100%. They never quit, is the problem. Yeah. And I think they they don't have the intensity of the Champions League. I know they're in Europe and they they may or may not take the Europa League seriously, but they don't have, you know, the the, the sort of thing of going and playing these really high-intensity Champions League knockout games that can really take it out of you. Yeah, but in terms of, you know, Villa title race, yes, at the, as we stand, we are in, in that situation. As long as you're within touching distance of the top, you're always in the title race. But in terms of reality, it's when you come off that final bend with, I don't know, 10 games, eight games yeah. to go. That's what um, that's what Emery said, isn't it? Let's let's yeah. judge if we're title contenders by about 32, 32 games. It's normally well, March. I mean, we've seen it before where the last two g- legitimate chances chances we had of title races I mean we we were against Liverpool under Graham Taylor and against Manchester United with the big run and you know we were in this similar position hunky-dory you have that one result and under big run it was when we went to Old Trafford and drew one all and you just just the performance where you thought yeah we're actually in this title race with Villa it's obviously this week with the Manchester City performance more so than anything but as both of those uh, 
attempts, they faded out at the end. It was in that final last eight games or so. So in terms of title race, you only talk about that once you're in it. And if you come off the final bend, and then it's a whole different mentality. So we'll see. But the thing is, the main thing is here is it's all right beating Arsenal and Manchester City, but that compounds if you beat Burnley and Sheffield United next. You, you can't be slipping up against those two teams. Surely not. Right, what's the uh, the key stats uh, as we wrap up on uh, this game? Well, the key stats, not the, not the the 15 wins and things like that that's all over the place. It's actually came from Opta. There were 63 tackles in Villa and Arsenal, the most of any Premier League game this season. Feisty. Yep. Villa 32, Arsenal 31. So we even beat them in that as well. And it's the first time to see both sides make 30 plus tackles since a Spurs game in 2015. And another just... Wow, that's, 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 that's quite something actually. Yeah. So it was really feisty then. That would explain a lot if there's that amount of tackles. And if we're going back to 2015 as well, um, just to sort of get the hype train going a bit, after 16 games, Leicester weren't 35 points. After 16 games, Villa earned 35 points. Of course, Leicester went on to win the league that season. The last Midlands team to do it. Yeah. Fantasy Premier League Player of the Week. Uh, well, if this game is Emmy Martinez with 10 points. McGinn had nine. Ah, Emmy Martinez used to be my uh, keeper last season. Didn't make the cut this time round. I would say he's doing so well. Leave him out because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Curse anybody. Right, it's time for medium muppets. So, Phil, uh, who's floating around the trough as well as Joey Barton? The the general vibe in the media this week is, I mean, it's excuses, isn't it? So, so why did Arsenal lose to Villa? I mean, when Man City lost, who had by the way, had a few players out. Pep said Villa were better. You know, very simple. Anybody who watched it knew that. A lot more gracious in defeat than Arteta, Pep Guardiola. Whenever it came to Arsenal, what were the excuses? I mean, the wind. That was Arsenal fan TV's excuse. Um, Jimmy Carragher saying it should have been a penalty on Jesus because it was a penalty in the Liverpool match. Well, sorry, Jimmy, it's just two different matches. You know, that's not the way it works. Two different referees as well. Jimmy Redknapp and Ian Wright and Lineker and all. It was the handball law. Well... It's the law. It's the same law for both teams. If Villa had done it at that end and Watkins had handed it, it would also have been ruled out. But we don't know why Art- what Arteta's excuse is because he's in a huff and he wouldn't answer any questions. Well, the thing is here on these things, I mean, you know, you, you can be tribal about this and defend each situation. But McGinn gets a goal chalked off, when he a, a perfectly good goal when he scored at their place in the first few minutes a few seasons ago. What happened last season when they scored in the last minute? Two players blatantly offside in front of Martinez's eye line. Saka should have been sent off on Moreno, shouldn't he, at uh, Villa Park the last time we lost uh, any game at uh, Villa Park in the league. So that we've had so much injustice against them. There's, there's got to be some kind of karma. But in, in this respect, that handball was a handball. In the Jesus one, we've already uh, you know discussed it. He made a meal out of it. As you said, that there there is no excuse. The reason there is is because Odegaard can't score. That was the, that was the reason they lost. Yeah, yeah, that was the main reason, and they should be looking at themselves rather than being pricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So thank you very much to, as usual, the uh, my old man said members for supporting the show, and we will see you in a double match club session for the Zrinsky Mostar game and away at Brentford. So do join us for that. And if you are not a member already, please do become a member. Go to myomensed.com, click on the member link for details there where you will get ad-free versions of the show as it was intended. So if you don't like waiting around for ads, then that perfectly means you don't have to listen to any ads or sponsorships. Also, you'll get extra shows when they pop up. I actually owe you a few, uh, so uh, watch out for them. They'll be coming. It's been 
absolutely chaotic in terms of the number of shows we've been putting out. And you get access to Match Club, which is 24-7. But when we do play away, we do get together for uh, what is essentially a live podcast, which everybody can join in. So please do go to My Old Man Said and get more details there. Also, do follow the podcast on whatever app you listen to the show on. Sometimes I'll put the show out uh, late at night and I'll just be crashing. I haven't got time to uh, put it on social media. But if you're at least following it on whatever app, then you will uh, get a notification when the new shows drop. Right, gentlemen, we're up and running. Yeah, season starts again. We've, we've put a fucking marker down now, haven't we? Yeah, just to get that point against Sorinsky. Get the point, that means... No more European football until March, so that gives you a real opportunity to uh, double down. Yeah, it depends on how we do in the FA Cup, of course. From where we stand at this point, I'm not even considering that as a as a drain on resources at the moment. Uh, no. I, I've got half an expectation to get knocked out the first, the third round <laughs> in that. So for the eighth year running or whatever it is, not, yeah, I'm not that bothered. Uh, I'm looking at that double though of uh, at least Champions League and winning that Europa Conference League. That would be a uh, where we stand yeah. at this moment, you'd be content with that, I think. To win a trophy and and be playing Champions League football next season, I think would be huge. Yeah. But there's also bigger fish to fry because potentially, potentially, we could be battling it out for the title. I mean, we'll see what comes in on January. We'll need, well, we'll need reinforcements, I think, definitely in that striker position. There's a few things that could go wrong, isn't there, injury-wise? There are, and we'd, and we'd, be, we'd become a very different team. could derail any yeah. title bid, so we're not going to jump on that bandwagon just yet. But it's looking very, very good, though. And the headline is, very few of us expected this consecutive home winning run to be going into 15 after you know when you're facing into Arsenal and Manchester City we were just being pragmatic and I think most fans were saying well a draw two draws that would be fine because you're pegging them back but also you know you're picking up something but to do what we've done is well above and beyond duty isn't it and uh, sets us up on another plateau now expectations will rise right until the come down game against Brentford it's goodbye from me, <laughs> and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.